0: Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit LifeCenterNYC.com.
1: Bless the Lord. So good to see all of you here this morning. Um, you know, Sal and Juliana and I and, and Tam and another couple, uh, 15 years ago, just we started we just got together, six people in a, in, a, in a room, in a conference room we rented in a YMCA because we felt the Lord had told us to just lift up prayer and worship in the city. And um, I'm not supposed to go into the deep prophetic history, so I'm, I'm trying to restrain my, myself. You can, you can um, look. We have a link on the website, as Colt mentioned. <laughs> But I want to start out by just saying thank you to everyone here. You know, this has been a crazy season. Um, I feel like we're coming out of it on the other side to a certain extent. Only God knows what the future is. Uh, You know, right before we went into uh, this COVID stuff, you know, we really felt like there was something happening and then COVID happened that was a little confusing. But God reset us, and I think purposefully, intentionally, in his timing, and uh, so the call on...
2: So, I just wanted to say thank you so much (laughs) to everyone who just stood the test during this whole COVID time, all the people that rose up, especially Colt, right here, okay? So... For those that don't know, um, pa- Colt is one of our pastors here, and he's full-time. And he, But just before lockdown and everything, he's like, you know, we need to get cameras. We need to get, you know, lights. We didn't have anything. We never really – we recorded audio, you know, just here and there, not always, not consistent, you know, with that. And just before, like, the Lord just used him to spearhead, just getting all that stuff together, and then – like lockdown and he went into hyperdrive to get us a YouTube channel, to do everything that he could do. And we, you know, that was the Lord using him and we're so, so grateful for everything that Colt has put in and that he's done. and. And it's, you know, it's not just, cult, but there's like a whole team of people that really, really rose up. And we just want to highlight them, um, too, so much is like Kevin, who's sitting over here at the end here. Like you said, 2011, he's been with us as the um, worship pastor. And, you know, we would record on Wednesday nights and things like that. And and Mariah would also help. She was um, part time and she was coming in all the time and helping with everything as many others were. I don't want to please forgive me if I d- fail to say your name it's not that we don't honor and respect there's room for everyone and we just totally honor everyone I know um, you know our, our children's pastor was um, was in South Africa pretty much stayed there for the whole time and so um, we have you know right here ladies rose up and put it put children. Online, you know, and um so we did that, and then Justin was running the intercession right next to her, her wonderful husband, during the time, and we were online praying. And um Kevin Quares came on to do sound, he's the sound lead, so you know it was just so grateful for everyone. Creighton, who is uh where's Creighton? Just, just raise your hand. Like if you don't know Creighton and Linda. No. A lot of love, a lot of hugs. He you know, even though we were telling people don't hug. You know? <laughs> he just knew how to make everybody feel warm and welcome while he's taking the temperature and you know we, we got through. But you know, last year not
1: that warm <laughs>
2: Last year, we did not have a vision Sunday. We were shut down pretty much almost the whole month of October. You know, we did open up slowly at the end of the summer, but we shut down in October, you know, again. And, and, um You know, so we never had a vision Sunday, and and we're just so grateful. We know that the Lord must really want us here because he, for real, it just stood through the time. And and we know a lot of, you know, churches went through shaking, but we want to point to Jesus and Jesus kept us going for such a time as this. So we we also want to highlight, too, Rossi took over the lyrics lead. Jean, who was brought up before, you know, she does the production, video production. Jeanette now is doing social media team lead. We just thank God for everyone. And Janelle, who's the creative director and took over women's group online. There, there's just... and. You know, we have Ogo and Jamal. Jamal took over men's online, too, with Colt. So, like, so many people pitched in. I mean, Colt was going, picking up worship leaders with his car because they didn't want to take public transportation just to get down here so we could record a set and put it online. The craziest things that were going on is just we had masks delivered. We've done, you know, we, we paid for 22 people's rent during that time. I mean... We tried to sow into people in the community. And, um, you know, we know some people couldn't make it today because it's the tunnels to tower race and all that. But we we just want to say thank you because the Lord did this. The Lord put it on your hearts to stick with us during this time for a reason. And we're going to get into more of the vision now, too. Thank you.
1: And thank you to everybody who volunteers in, in every different capacity. If we didn't shout out your name, you. Thank you. You make you make it work here, and uh, and it's uh, that's the heart of Jesus, the, the heart to serve. The call on this house is uh, from the time we started was kind of a, a Luke 18 mandate. It's the widow and the unjust judge, and it was her importunity or her continual coming before the Lord and asking, making her petition known to God. We have burned with revival from way before the 15 years that we that God called us to step out in faith and start this. We have seen here and there God's outpouring of his spirit, but we know there's more. We know God wants to do greater things in this city, and we feel like we're on the the precipice of that. And uh so are we Yeah, is it there? So turn with me to to Luke 18, beginning at verse Uh, 2. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, Yet because of this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, then the Lord said, pay attention, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them, I tell you he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? God's looking for faith that doesn't quit. Faith looks like something. It stays the course. Faith doesn't look at what's seen. Faith looks to the unseen and calls those things that are not as though they were. So that was that's the call on this house, to raise up. I'm gonna say it, night and day prayer. We've never made the night and day part like central, but it's in our hearts to see night and day prayer. Why? Because Jesus is worthy of it. He's called us. There's a raising up of the tabernacle of David from which God orchestrates justice. And when I say justice, I mean giving Jesus his reward. Jesus suffered and died on the cross to restore men and women into relationship. The most important thing is that we come into this relationship with Jesus and that we come as his disciples to see him get his reward. Amen. Amen? We want to see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit and God receiving all the glory. Amen. Yeah, so kind of
0: a... To start off kind of with the different three sections we're gonna go, the first one is prayer, presence, worship. And as Bill articulated, this is so central to our house and who, what we are specifically called to do. There are many houses in this city, there are many churches, there are many companies, but there's specific things that God will give a, a group to, to participate in and there's a grace to actually do those things, and we, we want to be aware of who we are in our identity. And I'll, I'll say for myself, even going through COVID in this past season, it's just reinforced for us as as the senior team that like this is the call on our house. It's prayer, it's presence of God, it's worship, like that. That when we do that, we fulfill our mandate to the city, and we I actually believe it positions the city for a for a mighty move of God because we're doing our part. And, and, and so I think we can get in this place of like, you know, there's different churches. And I want, we want to do this. We want to do that. This house, we're a house of prayer, praise, worship. That's what we are. And that's where we're going to go. And, and so, so just getting into that topic, I want to I wanna kind of expand that a bit. And our panel is going to talk through that a little bit. Um, so my first question uh, to ask any of you all is why is the presence of God so important in general, but also in the context of a church? I knew Jules was going to jump at that. I knew it.
3: I just, you know, like this morning, let's keep it relevant. When presence is here, it just reminds us how near God is. He wants us to know how present He is. That's it. Presence is knowing that He is present. He's not a far-off God. You're not on a line waiting to get his ear. He's inclining himself to you. He's making himself known. And by prayer, by knowing his word, by reciting his word, by worshiping him, it draws him near. He loves that. It's like it's it creates conversation. And I just, I felt even this morning, he said, you're encountering an anniversary. You're encountering how I keep covenant from when I first started till now. And you're renewing your vows again. And that's what we're here for.
4: Okay? Do you
3: want some yeah. So our anniversary date was in September. I was during Rosh Hashanah, and that's when we started. So we were crossing over the Brooklyn Bridge, and we were like, we're coming into Manhattan. Who are we? What are we going to do? And we're in a little conference room. Just a couple of family members, maybe 20 in all. And 15 years later, here we are. And I wanna do one more shout out. There are many of you that are not present in this room right now that may be listening online. And you have been faithfully sewing into this house. I wanna thank you for believing in us even though you're not present to physically enjoy our fellowship. But from afar, I thank you that you still believe in the work, the kingdom work that we are doing here. So I I just want to encourage everyone, and like Megan said so beautifully this morning, this is an eternal reward. Sowing into people's lives, having people available to pray with you, to sing over you, to hold your hand through difficult seasons is the greatest gift we could ever do for
0: the kingdom of God, okay? Um, Continuing on the topic of presence, I'm going to kick this question to Kevin Jun here. Um, So Kevin being, you know, our worship director and having a a sense of the importance of worship. Kevin, can you tell us, like, what is, how does worship and the sound that's being released through worship, how does that connect and correlate with what Jules is talking about, about the presence of God?
5: Um. So when we talk about worship and sound, we want to come from a place where it's biblical. So when you read Genesis 1-3, you hear, God spoke and let there be light. In terms of science, that doesn't happen. Sound never goes before light. So this is very creative. It's very um, supernatural. So when we want to release sound, we want to do it in, in the context of God, you're in this. We want the same creative move that you released with a sound. And you move. So Acts 2.2, you know, there was a loud, just this loud wind-blowing sound that comes out. Then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just pours over these people in an upper room. And you just it, it, something powerful happens. So in context of sound and presence, that's what it is. When you talk about presence and sound, you're talking about that move of God. And when we talk about presence, I, I have a two two and a half, my wife and I, we have a two and a half year old. She's turning three. And when she's with somebody else who's like a caretaker, she acts a certain way. But when I'm in front of her, she acknowledges like, oh, I'm that's my daddy. So in that way, in presence, when I'm there, she responds as, oh, that's my daddy. So in terms of God the Father presence, now someone someone used to say, when the father's in the house, everything becomes right and ordered. Yeah, so we, we want to have worship, the sound of, of this. as so Everything comes right and ordered. When we release a sound, it's like a, um, the very first sound that a, a child makes. I, I don't know if this is 100% correct. Uh, it says, it's almost like a fingerprint. It's a very unique sound. So when you hear a baby cry for the first time, it's very unique uh, fingerprint that comes out and that is the very God-ordained sound that comes out of you. So it's a mimic. And when my child started learning how to make sounds and say, dada, mama, she's releasing a sound to me to mimic because she's catching what I'm saying. She's going, Oh, and she's trying to mimic me. So in that way, when we do worship, we really sound. What we're doing is we're going, oh, I'm I'm following what you're saying. I'm agreeing with you. I don't know what, sometimes I don't understand what you're saying. But I'm agreeing with you. It's just this back and forth. It's very relational. So when we talk about worship, it's relational, a sound, a creative uh, action. And also things get right and ordered. It's an agreement. I, am I making sense? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Amen. And so so Kevin understands music and sound, you know, both vocal and instrumentally. And and we're just so honored that Kevin's been with us so many years and just uh, stewarding what God's given us. But we've, we have been, you know, I, I am not a musician. And I, I probably sing like a frog. <coughs> But I know how to be joyful and make a noise. And uh, but I know that when we come together, something like when we come together and we're singing together, we come in agreement under the you know songs that you know people are inspired to write and they just lift up Jesus, you know. And so we try to pick songs for worship that really just you know elevate and 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 give glory and honor to God. And when we come together and we're There's a place of agreement as we worship together. We sing our song together. And that place of agreement where two or three are gathered in his name, in the agreement, you know, I'm I'm a big one. It's not in the name of Jesus aren't magic words that you pray at the end of every petition. When we gather in his name, we're acknowledging who God the Father is. And we're coming together in his character and his purpose. And we're taking on his name. So when we pray together, when we worship and lift him up, there's two or three gathered in his name. Do you understand? We're gathered in the name of Christ and what he stands for, who he is, his shed blood. We're gathering in that unity of purpose, and that's where he's in the midst, where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst. And then you really, then that's the corporate presence. We always have the eternal presence of God, but there's a tangible corporate presence that happens when we're together. So... Yes, do not forsake the gathering, yeah. <laughs>
5: um, so the sound-wise, when we're doing a lot of sound releasing and you hear, you know, prayer. Um, there was a book uh, by Joanne McFader She talks about astronauts going into space uh, in the 60s or 70s. I forgot which year. And she said um, they would pick up radio waves from the 30s and 40s, prior years. It's still... Percolating in the air, in the higher. So when we hear that, we're thinking, oh, we're releasing a sound, and it just dissipates. It doesn't. It bounces. If you think about sound waves, it's it's always bouncing somewhere. So when we release a sound, it's not a diminished
1: action. It's always a perpetual. You know, and we've always we're we're not here on our own. We're standing on the prayers. Of all those who've gone before us, even even Fulton Street, when they were crying out for revival down here, you know it was answered in part. But I think there's going to be another wave, and it's it's our prayers combined with the prayers of the saints gone by. Like it's not in vain.
0: Yeah, and I was I was going to say on that there, there's a reason, and, and I, I hope you're catching that through what's being communicated here. There's a reason why we go really long in worship and we we create space and so we come together on a Friday night. To, to worship and to pray because there is an atmospheric shift that happens when we align and we release that sound and that prayer that's on God's heart. And it's our responsibility as stewards of the earth under the Lord's authority to release what he's saying. And, and, so, and there's something strategic as well about we're not just down here because Fidei is a nice neighborhood. Like, we're down here because the Lord, like, called us to this specific area, and it's in connection with the move of God that happened in the 1850s, the Fulton Street Revival, which is in our prophetic history. Another plug right there. Um, but it's in connection with that, and, it, and we're, really, we're really running with that mentality that when we come together and pray, like, God can do anything, and he can shift things in the city, and he can change atmospheres, and he did it 150 years ago, and he could do it right now in a greater measure. Um, so I, I think those realities are really important because you're coming in here. And if you're like me, like years ago when I came in this space, and we lived in a different space then, but the idea is I came in, I was like, we're going so long in prayer and worship, and my mind would bounce all over the room. Like, like I just – wasn't, I wasn't used to it. I came from a, a more of a missional mentality, which is great, but I was meeting now the, a prayer and presence movement that I needed to do missions, So, so many of you here, you have a calling and a purpose. There's a lot of dynamic people in the room, and God's called you to this city. You cannot fulfill your calling, your purpose, without prayer and presence and worship, like filling you when you come in here and also when you go back home and everywhere you walk around this city. You can't be missional without being prayerful. You can't. And I learned that the hard way. (laughs) But some of you are young. You can learn that right now. Um, So, but, but I really believe, like part of what we're talking about today is building for the harvest. We're, we're talking about like God showing us there's a move of God coming to the city and it's already happening that's beyond what we've seen in the past. And in order to prepare ourselves, you need a company that's going to be prayer presence focused so you don't burn out, yeah. so, you, so you don't try to do it on your own strength. And, and prayer in itself is just such a humbling posture because you're saying, God, I can't figure it out. Lord, would, would you do it? Would you, would you do what I can't do? Um, so it, it's such an essential part of who we are. We're going to move on to the next section, but we, like, seriously, like, we could, we could be here all day. And this is a, is a topic that is so central to us. Now, in terms of, like, future, like, action and, and things that, that we want to build for the harvest as it pertains to this specific section, we, we know that the Lord has called us, and Bill said it, for, for night and day prayer and worship. And so we, we want to really begin to enact these prayer and worship sets at different times, right? Some of you might come, and you're like, I'm feeling like I want to do fire in the night. I want to I wanna pray all night. Great. Like, if that's burning in your heart, you need to come and tell us. Like, we're looking for worshipers. We're looking for prayer leaders. But we know that we're called to pray from this place continually. And we're just, we're just looking for the right people in the right moment. And we know it now is the time to build. So if that's burning on your heart, come and tell us. We're, we want to build out Friday nights even more so to have those come back consistently. But we're also looking, oh, yeah, we got some, some excited people in the back. But we also, there's other things that may burn on you. So you may have a passion for a specific topic and, like, you want to come in here at 7 o'clock and pray it. Well, let's, like, tell us, like, let's, let's build this together. Let's keep the prayer and worship going downtown for the city. Um, our, our next section, uh, training and equipping. We're a house that's called to train and equip. I'm going to read this verse real quick. Um, this is Ephesians chapter 4, uh, starting at verse 11. Starting at verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to what? To equip his people for works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So you see, the five-fold ministry, its purpose, it's the existence of apostles, pastors, evangelists, teachers, is prophets, is to equip the people for works of service. Like, we're here to equip one another. And, and so it's so essential we don't, we don't forget why we come together and why God created these offices. It's to equip. Um, and I want to read this next section because this, to me, you forget. We kind of stop at that one because it's a nice ending and it's a little long to keep reading. But Ephesians 4.14 is directly correlated to this. Here's what it says. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does, it, does its work. It's yes. not a beautiful picture of the body functioning together, but unto what? To equip us to not be tossed to and fro yeah. by, the, by the waves. And I know many who have come to this city with a great call, wow. great destiny. And let me tell you, they weren't in a company where there was where there were people operating in the five-fold ministry. And they weren't connected to community. They weren't a part of the body of Christ. And they got blown around. And I don't want that for anybody in this space. And some of you are like, hey, that was me. But here you are. Amen. It's it, We're not going to get tossed to and fro by the culture, by the media, by, by all the things. And some of you are college students and you just got here. And you've got a massive call, and I don't want to see you blow away. And it's our job as a company to come around each other and say, we're going to fight for you. We're going to believe that God's going to fulfill everything he said for you. But you've got to come and surrender yourself to, to accountability, to, to be connected to a community. But when you do, watch God use your life for his glory. Watch you go against the stream of culture and give and watch people come to the kingdom because your life is different than that around you. Um, so... So my question I have for the panel here um, is what specific training and equipping do you believe is the most important for our company in this particular season?
1: So I I might reframe the the question slightly because I think the most important thing is, 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 is in every season that we be all rooted and grounded in the word of God. You know, we we need. You know, we have. Uh, it's so important that you're you 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 have a da- daily pr- uh, prayer and Bible reading time. And uh, if you need help with that, we have a read the Bible through in a year plan, and you can just jump on right now and pick up. <laughs> but uh, I do it. I make sure I read the Bible through in a year all the time because I I need a pl- I need like. I need something to focus me to do exactly what I'm supposed to do. Otherwise, I don't read the Bible even 10% as much as I should. Okay, So I really want to encourage you, if you're not on a Bible plan, get on a Bible plan. That's for your personal. That's just kind of an aside. We didn't even talk about that. But we have Bible studies on uh, Monday and, and you know every other Thursday uh, here. We have men's group. We have women's group. Uh, My wife's doing an intercession class. All of these are meant to root us and ground us both in the Word of God and the call and purposes uh, on the house uh, to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry. Meaning, you know, we're called to impart unto you, and then you're called to go out into the harvest. And whoever you run into, you're putting on Christ, and you're Christ to them. All those people outside, they don't see Jesus. They see you. And here's the here's the mystery. It's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. You reflect him. So even in our brokenness and weakness, but when we put on humility and we don't try to puff ourselves up and we just let Christ be strong, when, when we're the weakest, he can be the strongest. But let him come out. And uh and and that's the call on this house. I don't want to let my wife.
5: But for the worship team, it's. It, it, this could translate to every part of life. But um, I'm always looking for somebody who says yes to God. So training-wise, you could do a lot of training, but spiritual training—it's always a uh, request. Can you say yes to God when it gets really hard? And Jesus—he always—he always, you know, the the rich man, having to say yes to him and leave everything. No, even to uh, Peter, we say yes. So and lots of times, we, not everything looks like a curriculum when you uh, work within the church, but it's always a question of do you have a yes? And you're going to be tested with a yes that
1: gets really, um, it'll shape your character. Yeah, thanks. That flows right into the discipleship aspect. You know, we're called to make disciples. And you know, my wife asked me, what does discipleship mean to you? What does it look like? It hurts. You want to be discipled, pre- be prepared for a little pain. Di- discipleship means discipline. Okay? Your flesh rails against allowing the Holy Spirit to rule and reign. If you if you if you doubt that, try to fast tomorrow and and see how much resistance your body puts up. Okay, I mean, Christ said, you know, when you when you when you pray, when you fast, not if you fast. But these are the things you want to know if you're a disciple fast once a week and you're going to get resistance and not from anybody else. They don't care that you're not eating. It's your own flesh. So that means coming. It's 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 a bit painful, but it bears fruit. And here's the thing. He wants us to bear fruit, right? And even when we bear fruit, he says he prunes us, cuts things away. He's like, oh, God, I like that. (laughs) That was a pretty flower I had hanging on that end. But he wants us to bear more fruit. So discipleship isn't like, oh, I just, you know, I want to spend 24-7 with one of the leaders. You know, you want to be, you want to serve. Come with an attitude. I just want to serve you. I want to learn and As Kevin said, it's not a curriculum. It's not just knowledge. It's actually putting it to the test, and and serving, volunteering in the church, helping the widow, the orphan. Like looking where there's people that can't help themselves, and you offer a helping hand.
0: Didn't you all want to? Now we're in in discipleship. Do you know? Does anybody else want to weigh in? Just on what is discipleship? look like? Like, how does one get discipled? Anyone else want to weigh in on that? Mm-hmm. I Go ahead. Go ahead, no, I'm Such an easy question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
6: I, I was just uh, thinking as we were talking about discipleship, as Bill was talking, I said, you know, we're still being discipled. We're called to be disciples of Jesus. And what does that look like? We're still on a journey. So, uh, uh, we haven't arrived yet. And, uh, you know, and... Uh, and I was just thinking about that. I said, you know, sometimes you okay, you you reach a leadership position, and you're like, okay, now I need to disciple others. But we ourselves are still getting discipled, and and it all goes back to being rooted, God showing up, the presence, of lot. Everything is intertwined into um, into your heart. And I said, God, I, I want you more than anything else. And I think once we get that. Um, that heart, that pasha, and we pasha the heart in that sense. Then we can be discipled. Then we can receive. Then we can be healed. Then we can be receive his love, and we can grow and offer that to others. So, what does that look like? Well, I think it, for me, discipleship is not just um, reading the word and uh, and being with someone and discussing what what the word says. What, what do you think it means to you? So those. Uh, Bible classes as part of discipleship uh, where you can learn more of what God is saying uh, in his word, through his word. And uh, also being in community, um, having a friend that you can talk to, having someone that you can discuss what God is doing in your life and uh, someone to pray with, pray with you or, or pray with the other person um, and serve. I mean, the heart of a servant. Um, I think as we were talking earlier, you know, Bill was saying, pick up your cross and follow me. Picking up the cross is, uh, like Bill said, hurts. It's not just, uh, oh, let's go on a great joy ride or let's go on a great uh, adventure. It is an adventure, but sometimes it hurts because that's how we grow. As a father, you know, sometimes I uh, tell my kids what not to do. And, and what to do. And sometimes they say, no, no, no. And they want to experience themselves. So they find out that it hurts. But I've been through there already. And I said, I don't want you to hurt. So that's what it is. And that's what our Father in Heaven wants to do with us. My wife is going to chime in.
3: I just want to say, too, Jesus said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So if Jesus knew like he he had to have endurance but it was the joy that was set before him that was giving him the endurance so i think when we're going through these trials in life and where we're receiving the prunings of god in our life and you know like bill said the, the the father comes to prune us because he sees good fruit and any gardener will prune a good tree, mm-hmm. yeah. and so and then they'll cut away those things that are not fruitful. And so I really believe that the Lord is wanting us to grow in every aspect, and that is discipleship. And uh, so think of it as a joyful process.
2: <laughs> yeah, and. How many were here last week to hear Dina and Mike Van Hall? Okay, So um, my daughter-in-law, she's almost due any day, almost. And um, so she challenged me with that. And she said, so what are you guys going to do as a follow-up with that? Because she released a very strong word. You know, I like, you, you have to, sobering. It was a sobering word. You know, not everybody who cries out, Jesus, Jesus is a real disciple. Okay? So it's really, you have to be obedient to the word, you know, when people are looking and when they're not looking. It's not about anyone else. It's about taking up your cross when no one's looking it's about Matthew 25 the 10 virgins the five were foolish because they did not trim their lamps they didn't buy the oil that was needed and that oil is going to be spending time with the Lord but it's also going to be doing the things that maybe you don't are uncomfortable for you because it's going against the grain of culture so we have to be disciples and this is this this was a sobering word she released and and we i don't know we talked about it and prayed about it during the week and we feel that yes the lord sent them from China back into America to release this word wake up bride wake up church because not everybody that's worshipping and that you know you think is really going to be there this woman's name was not written in the lamb's book of life this woman who was a worker at the orphanage and and you know she saw a dream and and in the dream and then it woke her up to really be like hey I got to be serious about my faith so it's not necessarily looking to somebody else to disciple me. I've got to be discipled by the Lord. I've got to live it to the core. You know, and um okay, so we said we weren't going to do this, but I did it anyway.
1: So Amen. So so that means turning the other cheek. That means blessing when someone curses you, we answer with blessing. You know, that's sermon on the mount stuff. That's a disciple Okay, it's, you know, that's a
5: disciple. Can I, chime in? Sorry, I feel like I'm talking. To this yeah, so I'm going to make this quick. When I do, like, mentorship with people, disciple, I tell them, I don't want you to look like me. Um, uh, you're going to have the same problems that I do. It's just I don't want another Kevin with the, I want you to come out like the way the Lord created you. So when you have somebody discipling you in any form or way, you're looking for somebody to bring out the very Jesus in
1: you. Amen. Amen.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think too, like, one thing I love about this company is, like, we're really about training, equipping, and discipling everyone. Like, it's not like, oh, like, there's a few really talented, gifted people that are on the stage and do everything. Like, no, like, like, these leaders, I've been around them for a long time. What drew me to them initially was they want to bring us up. Like, they want to see myself and each and every one of you thrive in your gift set and, and to be discipled and to walk in what God's given you. It's not about one main leader doing a bunch of great things. And, and I think that's how, you know, a move of God really happens. And, and I would say this in terms of discipleship, the prerequisite We've all gone through a great season because the prerequisite to discipleship, I believe, is humility and surrender. And so if you have a heart of humility and surrender, and many of us got humbled and had to surrender a lot in this past season, we are primed right now to truly be discipled. And to be discipled is actually to be a son and a daughter. And so even if you look at the biblical context of discipleship, you have spiritual moms and dads. You see Paul, and he's rebuking the Corinthians because he's like, you only have one spiritual dad, and it's me, and you're not imitating me. But here, I'm going to send you Timothy, or I'm going to send you these sons in the faith. Why were they sons? Why were they daughters? Because they imitated Paul and his lifestyle, and they submit to his authority. And it's not like a power thing. It's literally like this is how the dynamic's supposed to work. And I think we've got it all wrong sometimes in church culture. It's very corporate instead of like family, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers. And and that is what I really feel we're positioned uniquely to, to have that because this what you don't know and I, we haven't even articulated is that this whole church was founded on two families coming together in covenant, and they covenant together and they said God we know we, we, they were humble enough to like know that God was calling them to something they didn't fully understand everything they were doing, and they're still we we all still don't. Um, but like, no, like we're committed to the Lord and to one another and that type of covenantal community, we all need that so badly. And that is where discipleship really is going to flourish. Amen. (laughs) Um, so just real quick in terms of like, you know, we're talking about some of these concepts, but what does this actually mean for the church going forward? How are we building for the harvest? Um, so there's a few things as it pertains to training and equipping, Bill, could you talk real briefly about about the school and, and this concept with the school that, that we've been talking through?
1: So one of the things that God has on our heart, and this is this is visionary. We, you know, it's not we're not opening next week, um, but maybe in two weeks. But <laughs> but we know that God has called us. He stirred something in my heart, like pre-COVID, maybe even a year before COVID to see a school of ministry uh, where we people come in and we're just intentionally pouring into them. We're bringing teachers in and others and it's a, a you know a curriculum. Part of it is going to be a school of worship where we're going to raise up singers and musicians because uh, we really believe God wants to raise up uh, people that are truly equipped to impact and impart to others. So we, we see that. Uh, I see the worship component of that more uh, like when the first happened, I saw we need a school of worship, meaning we need to we need to call out the Levites, meaning the tribe that was set apart to minister to the heart of God. So those are worship, those are musicians and singers because, you know, they 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 kind of lead and we we just join behind them uh and and enter into his presence. You know, we enter into his presence with thanksgiving in our hearts and and into his courts with praise. So uh, I think that that may be the initial focus, or I'm sure we'll have different modules within the school, but we see a school because we believe that God's breathing on it. And in order to do that, you know, we're gonna have to expand infrastructure and that's the things, some of the things we're exploring.
2: And I wanna do one more shout out to Ogo and Billy because, you know, they do this for a living as far as strategy. So they sat with us they're part of our team too and they sat with us and challenged us to write out the five-year vision the three year because like Bill said he, this is something that's been on his heart for years but we don't know and I know like he's he's tried to talk with Jordan and Kevin and Ivan to see like how can we do this how can we do this but you really need a team around you so we're so grateful for um, their help in this and and you know we plan to keep meeting with them to help us you know know put things together because they they know how to do this you know yeah. yeah
3: and Tammy I love how you're saying Ogo and Billy you know I see the generations working together and that's something that's very much on our heart is to have generations working hand in hand to see his kingdom advance
0: so continuing on the generation component another In terms of discipleship, we also feel very much called to disciple the next generation. And that's been something the Lord's really, like, highlighted, even going back to 2019. We're currently working at building on our children's ministry here and and focusing more on, like, building something really robust and amazing. And Lady's done a great job at really launching this new program because we—let's get her for Lady because she's amazing. She won MVP last year, by the way, volunteering MVP. Um I still have your Starbucks gift card in my backpack. I got to give that to you. Yeah, I know. It's September. Sorry about that. Um it's true. <laughs> but um but no, we really want we really want to build up that ministry because we know discipleship is so critical and it starts with the littlest. Amen. And, and But even looking beyond that, we're, we're targeting more, we're looking more at, like, college college campuses specifically. And how does the prayer in this house fuel what God wants to do on those campuses? Because that generation is, needs to be discipled. And I really believe there's a lot of spiritual moms and dads in this room. And we have, we're multi-generational, and you're called to go and find those that are younger than you, that are newer in their faith, and, and really fuel them, fuel their faith, like speak life over them, do the things that Paul did for Timothy, reminding them of the prophetic promise on their life and saying, no, like you won't be defiled by the culture. No, you won't give in to these things. You're going to be a voice for God in the culture and in your on your campus. So I, I know that that is like something the Lord is doing right now in a really specific way. And and in terms of discipleship specifically, you know, we want to be thorough around here. Like we want to understand biblically the truth and the things that we're talking about. So we're talking very high level about discipleship, but we want to do an actual class that goes into detail that helps us even to create more of a culture in this church. And so just as Tammy is doing 12 weeks on intercession, like intercession, uh, intercession, um, I mean, that's thorough, 12 weeks. Like, and so we, we know discipleship is a really key thing in the coming year, so we're going to do a class on that as well, and that's probably going to be around January time, um, but we want to still release this vision now because we know it's time to build that culture now. So don't wait for the class. Dig into the word. See what you find there in terms of discipleship. But know this is going to be a key focus of ours. And as, and along with that, we want to build out our small group. So big shout out to Keith, to Julie, to, to Caitlin and Lachlan, Holiday, who's coming back. Um, for for these small groups and Bible studies that have really helped so many of us like stay rooted in this season, and we wanna we wanna develop more of those. So if if you have this passion for a small group, it could be about anything. Well, as long as it's godly, okay. But like it, it could be you have a heart, you have a heart for the Jewish nation and you wanna like get together and pray. Or or you you have a heart for people in finance, like and you want to get together, come and talk to us about it. We wanna, we wanna help build these small group settings to to help strengthen the body of Christ in the city for this time and and I really believe that um we're going to also have an actual team that exists to help you launch that so you come to our team and say here's a small group I have an idea for and we're going to pray with you and we're going to see what other resources or people we can put with you to help that thing get off the ground
2: yeah and Joeito and Cindy too they just finished their group thank you Kathy and Claudia doing, yeah, prophetic.
0: Yeah, Yeah. see, we got a lot of people to thank up here. There's, like, mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, so I want to turn it back to Bill. Um, well, and the other thing we're going to – actually, I'll say this, then we'll go back to Bill. We're going to start doing a, a Sunday feast once a month. So it's going to be a feast for anybody that wants to come at the church. Yeah, I know. The hungry people are so excited. Um and so, because we go long in service, but then we're going to eat like champs at the end of service. Um, so that's going to be once a month. We'll, we'll share more about that um, as, it, as it, you know, transpires. But I, I wanted to over to Bill to talk about what's, like, the future in terms of college campus and all the things going on in that arena.
1: Yeah, God, God is, is, it's interesting. We've had meetings with some of uh, our, our, our other leaders and uh, uh, strategy sessions and it's just been very clear to us that, you know, God wants us to put in place an infrastructure so that there's room to build. You know, if you you can, uh, <clears throat> you know, you can't put like one block and then try to build a big uh, house of blocks on top of it, right? You need to, to, to lay it out so that the, the <clears throat> structure can support what you're doing. And so we really feel like the Lord is is, is speaking to us prepare for what I'm doing. You know, we're we're asking the Holy Spirit, we're acknowledging him in everything we do. We trust him with all our hearts and we believe he's directing our path to, to at this time expand uh, our infrastructure. And uh, so we're doing that in a couple of ways. And um, uh, I just wanted to, you know, we uh, in the house with us today and some mo- a lot of you know, Richie Monaco, we're going to ask Richie, why don't you come on up here? I'll do the We also want Caitlin and Lachlan to come up here. And Mariah, why don't you come on up? Now, each of these people kind of represent different things. But... um, I'm going to start with with Caitlin and Lachlan are doing. They've been a part of our community. They're doing uh, campus ministry uh, at NYU, but working across college campuses. And uh, we've we've decided that we need to come behind them and be be one of their monthly supporters and uh, provide that. And we're you know and and then beyond that, like also beyond that make our facility like whatever we have because we believe in what you're doing yeah. we're gonna we, we're opening up we're giving them the keys basically and saying we want to get behind you guys because yeah. the the 18 to 25 year old uh, segment of the population, and most of you, if you ask in this room when you got saved, I would say 80% of you probably came to know the Lord as, Christ, as Lord and saved Jesus, as Lord and Savior, between the ages of 18 and 25. That's just statistically the ripest harvest. It's true in my life, if I went down this panel here, I think they did all say, yeah, yeah, that's about that. We're just in that time frame that we got saved. So, Caitlin and Lachlan, would you guys mind just sharing for a minute your your vision, your heart for college ministry?
7: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, We both met at NYU and then both of us, gradu- Caitlin graduated and came back. I graduated and felt like I was just saying stay there because there's so much to do. Because it, right now in our culture, there's definitely yeah, people know there's like a generational gap of people believing in Jesus, knowing him. And we think that obviously the reason for that isn't because people just are totally apathetic to the things of God and they want nothing to do with him. It's because they haven't been introduced to him in the right way. And so for us particularly, we're working with international students especially, um, because there are so many students that come from around the world, places like China, India, Pakistan, where they've literally never even got to talk to people who really know Jesus. And they actually really want to learn. They would love to study the Bible. They would love for someone to pray for them. And as soon as they get introduced to it in a new way, suddenly their eyes are open. I mean, working with a Hindu student, he told me, he's like, thank you so much for introducing Jesus to me this way. And he's like, I would like to get baptized. I was like, let's figure out what that means first, but yes. Like, <laughs> And, and so the point of what we're doing, though, is that um, to see people interact with the presence of Jesus rather than just the idea, because our culture also has a lot of intellectual conversation about let's construct and deconstruct faith. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people sending so out all sorts of articles and stuff about this is why I don't be- believe in Jesus. I'm not a Christian anymore. My parents taught me this, but I don't think it's real. And it's because people have been interacting with an idea that they haven't encountered as a person. And both of us came to Jesus around high school, t- or oh, a little younger for you, but around high school time. And now we've come to college and seen, oh, people actually, once they experience Jesus' presence, they're in love. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's where we are. But so we want to try and bring that as much as possible, and that's why we're doing this thing on Friday, which is just inviting Jesus, our Lord, to come, be here, and just say to other people, yeah, come. We're not going to do an intensive Bible study. We're going to worship a little bit. We'll talk to each other. We'll pray for one another. We'll talk about some things in the Scriptures, and so people can just get a taste and say, oh, this is actually good. Maybe I actually do want more of this. So,
4: yeah, Amen. <laughs> Um, Yeah, just to add to that, like, I had a really cool moment yesterday. I was at a grad retreat um, for just, they weren't all international, but, like, kind of from everywhere in NYU um, and Columbia. And um, it was a cool moment where, like, one of the students brought up the point, like, they've experienced a lot of church hurt, and they, they actually have a lot of friends who, and I have actually a lot of friends from college who have left the church and, like, don't have a church community. And she was saying, I think it's because, you know, like, we're coming from a place of judgment, like, and they've experienced a lot of criticism for things that, like they don't feel safe, basically, at church. And um, she was saying, I just feel like it's about being inclusive, like you just need to be more inclusive. And um, I just like, I waited for her to finish because I know that it was a really like tender spot for a lot of the students who were there. Um, And then I just felt like God put on my heart, like, who Jesus is, and I was like, you know, I actually don't think it's necessarily, like, being inclusive in the way that you think, because if you think about how Jesus interacts with, like, the marginalized and people who don't belong, like, in our... Typical church culture, um, he's actually pretty intense with them. <laughs> like, he's not like, oh, like, I want to include you because I want you to fit in. It's actually like, you may not fit in because of what these people say, but you fit in because of what I say about you. And so, like, it was just this really cool moment where we got to talk about what does Jesus actually say about the the generation that is hurting that feels like we've pushed them out? Like many of my friends from college, like I would bring them to church and they'd like, I don't feel safe here. Like, I don't feel like I belong and I'm being criticized for all these things. But the turning point is not like bringing before them, oh, like let's change church and like let's change the Bible so that you feel more comfortable. Actually, let me address the things that Jesus actually says about the things that are causing you to hurt so much yeah. and and I was, I was bringing up The Chosen, which, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend. <laughs> but, but one of the things that you notice about Jesus is that his conversations with people, like, he never, like, doesn't address sin. Like, he never says, like, oh, yeah, keep living your life like you do you, like, which is what everyone here says. But it's actually, like, let me invite you into a place of love and belonging that doesn't come from what you're doing. It comes from who your ident- what your identity is. And so that's just, like, our heart for, like, this young adult college thing. Like, we don't really know what's going to happen, but the heart is just to create a space people can belong not because, like, you all look the same. It's because Jesus says you're loved, and that's where we're going to start, like, building that relationship is he wants that relationship with you, and that's for everyone. It's not because you fit into our church. and It's not because you fit into, like, a label that we want to put over you. And so,
1: yeah. Amen stay up here we're going to we're going to so we're coming behind them and we're we're exploring how we can do more with them as well and once a month we're doing fridays and just stay tuned because i think there's there's more and i'm excited for what you guys are carrying really really excited yeah.
2: I just have to say one thing with that. You all have a responsibility. Everybody that heard it on YouTube, too, you have a responsibility to pray for this generation to receive the Lord. They said that Barna did a study, only 1% of that generation knows the Lord. This is our responsibility, church.
1: Amen. So, uh, some of you know we're, we're bringing Mariah on staff full time. Full time. She helps lead worship, uh, and she's going to come on, and, and she's uh, supporting in so many administrative ways. Mariah kind of, wherever she's needed, she she helps, and uh, it's just been amazing. Mariah, thank you. We needed you. You know, sometimes we're a little slow to the punch, you know, but um, thank God uh, we're going to have Mariah on with us. Now, I wanted to introduce Rich to you guys. He spoke here, was it about a month ago or six, two weeks, two months ago? Maybe four months. four months ago. How many were here when Rich spoke with us? All right, a lot of you. So, Richie has been a part of the Resting Place House of Prayer, and we go back a long way with them. And uh, he was also working three other jobs to support his family. And uh, for years, Juliana has been prophesying. We have to bring Rich Monaco on staff. We have to bring Rich Monaco on staff. The Holy Spirit is all over this. He carries our heart. I know Rich personally from, you know, when he was a teenager. And uh, so I, I've got a, and and before that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just to watch what the Lord has been doing in his life and just trying to be hearing, you know, what the Holy Spirit was saying. So we had a meeting of a... You know, this team and uh, and uh, uh, some of the other people on our strategy team, Ogo and Billy and some others. And we we recognize that if all the things that God's calling us to do, we, we're just, we can't do it with the crew we have. Like, we have to think beyond. And you can't, you can't, like, get big and then try to fill in because that, that structure collapses. You have to build foundationally up. And, uh, and then you can support what God's doing. So... We said, "Okay, God, we're just gonna we're gonna take a step of faith." I approached Rich and asked him, "Would he consider coming on full time staff with us as an associate pastor?" And uh, I just I want to ask him to, to share his heart. He's he's, he's such a servant, and uh, but he carries our heart. He carries our vision already. We've known him for years, and uh, I just wanted to ask him to share a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I said
8: yes. He offered, I said yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely, you know, for, as Bill said, we've, we're from the same church, actually, years and years ago in Brooklyn. My, my parents are in the back. Many of you know my mom and my dad. And then my wife Jenny's with our kids, well, one of our kids, and then uh, Lorenzo and Olivia. But for me, this has been family for a long time. Uh, we've always said uh, at Resting Place with Ali, you know, if we ever were, we, we're friends with a lot of ministries, but we, if we ever were to just say, hey, let's just merge with someone, we've always said J-Hop Life Center has been, been that ministry, that friend, that relationship for us. And on top of that, I did pretty much grow up in the White's house every summer, uh, hanging out with Billy and Danny and Laura and my brothers. So it's been an amazing journey, just watching what the Lord has done in this house, um, I used to lead worship on Friday nights and then, well, no, I laid that down. So we're not, <laughs> but we'll, we'll let that stay down, but um, yeah, I would just say this. I definitely am going to come alongside and just to serve the, the vision and the leadership that's in this house. This is an amazing leadership team uh, that has been here all these years. And for me, I, I have a heart to see the, the church equipped as well. Um, one of the anointings on my life is to teach and to really you know, bring revelation. And I, I love a lot of what we're talking about as foundational things because c- I do see one of the things the Lord is highlighting right now in the church is to reevaluate our foundations. I think one of the reasons yeah. why a younger generation is not or is responding to the Lord or responding to church based on reactionary thinking, you know, what was said about them, rather than uh, having grown up and having been rooted with foundational things in Christ. I think that a lack of th- the foundation has caused a disconnect in church, disconnect in their walk with the Lord. And another Barna survey shows that we're actually in a major shortage of pastors because because that generation is not going to church, then they most certainly are not gonna be pastors. And now we have this older generation that's retiring worldwide, nationwide. They are, you know, they're older. They're in their 80s, they're in their 90s, and they literally have to. And there's no one to pass the mantle on to because we have a generation that has become an unreached people group. And I think part of that is what we've been talking about this morning. You know, you're to be discipled, but you're also to be making disciples. And as a young person, you know, I'm 32. Whether you're 18 or you're 25, you know, if you're 18, find a 15-year-old. If you're 25, find a 20-year-old. If you're 30, find a 25-year-old. It's this culture of building foundation. And so I just, I'm so excited to be here, excited to get to know and to meet many of you, and just to serve along this team and just watch what the Lord does in this city uh, and in this community and in this region. So thank you, guys.
2: Just so you, in a little bit of Richie's background is he was in IHOP U right, and um, you know, for IHOP you know International House of Prayer um, for years, and then he, later he went with his wife after he got married right. He went he went home and and did Night Watch, and then he that's when he met his wife, um, doing Night Watch, and then after they were married, together with their first child, they did um, Bethel School of Ministry for a year too, two. And so then they came back to this region. But he... So it could be, you know, this is a prayerful thing. It could be because Bill's vision was to start a school here. Richie has already... He started the school at Resting Place years ago and it's passed on to somebody else to run. But that's what, you know, he, he started that. So that could be another, you know, great fit here. Okay? Just to...
0: And I also want to just note that he met his wife at the Night Watch. So when we start a Night Watch, you single people, just...
8: We actually have seen 20 marriages out of the school. So just Come
0: on.
1: And they're still married. How many want to sign up? (laughs) Okay. And one thing I wanted to just note, I want you, because this was intentional, to note that sort of the... The generational, like we, we, we want, we, we highly want to come behind the college ministry. We know that generation has to be reached. You know, Colt and Vanessa, Richie, Jenny are, you know, their their peers. Colt, I forgot how old you are. You gave away your age, <laughs> but you're close around there. <laughs> and then, but 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 we're getting older. You know. Uh, well, maybe these three are. But anyway. <laughs> He's
2: the oldest. He's the oldest.
1: <laughs> and it's a recognition that you have to be pouring into the next generations. And there is a difference between the 30-year-olds and the 20-year-olds and the 50- and 60-year-olds. <laughs> and, you know, and it, but there's room for all of us. There's room for all of us, but you know, like it says in Ecclesiastes, you know, God teach me to number my days, that I might apply my heart to wisdom. And there's another generation coming up, <laughs> and uh, you know, whatever time I have left, right? I, I'm 61. You know, if 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 God wills it, and I have somewhere. Odd number, 25 years, maybe, right, or more or less. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> uh, honestly, let, let's be real. Let, let's be real. That, that's a blink. Like, when you're young and you hit 25, you think, well, that's a whole lifetime for me. It's not a whole lifetime anymore for me. I mean, I've done that two times over. <laughs> okay? It's a blink of the eye, and it's just so important to me that what God has started You know, I get behind. It's not trying to hold on to something because I'm passing through, you know. But the work of the Lord will continue. And, you know, we don't know the days and the hour, right? Like, you know, the disciples kept saying, is it now you're going to restore the kingdom? Is it now you're going to restore the kingdom? And he's like, that's not for you to know. The Father knows. It's in his time. We, We should know times and seasons and be always preparing for the return of the king. But I don't know. I mean, Jesus could come back next week. Literally, he could come back next week, or it could be much longer, 10, 20, 30, 40s. I, I don't know. I mean, people have been trying to figure it out for a long time. But I want my lamp, the 10 virgins, I want my lamp full. And we want to pass on generation to generation Amen. and come behind what the Lord is doing. And the older are called to impart to the younger. If you've learned anything, if you've grown in Christ, pass it on. You know, put on Christ, show people how to forgive, how to show mercy, how to be graceful, how to not criticize, how to not agree with the accuser. You know, like that's those are the disciples. Right. So we need to the older needs to yeah, do that. OK,
2: so my life verse is Malachi 4, 5 and 6. And it's interesting because us as founders, we all started doing um, we all started in the ministry by doing youth ministry <laughs> in different places in the city. And so Malachi 4, 5, and 6 says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their parents, unless I come and strike the earth with a curse. And they say, Could the curse be fatherlessness? So that's something we don't want to see. So that's why it's so important to us to raise people up. And it's not necessarily the younger. We are all about equipping every age, every color, every, you know, everybody, everybody, you have an idea, like Colt said, speak to him, they're going to have a whole team, whatever you want to release, we, we, you know, and, and we believe in the, the prophetic words of your lives, we want to stand behind it and see it released on the earth, that's, that's my path, that's why I live, okay, amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.